there's a decent component where if you have more means and you are a good person, uh, that enables you more. So me kind of coming behind, not only in my own business and trying to create a successful business myself, but also in the vein of coming behind other people and trying to help them create the businesses that they want. That's been a key aspect of it for me is that it still, if a big portion of who I've been from those days in junior high all the way up till now, that outward giving, that helpfulness is, is has always been a big part of what that looks like. What's changed is as I have mastered more skills, the ways that I'm able to help people have changed and where I might be most valuable in helping people has changed. It always goes back to that same, to that same point of, I come alive when I help other people live their best life. Heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them from the larger than life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen, the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. From the doctor saving lives at your local hospital, the war veteran down the street who risked his life for our freedom, to the police officers and the firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks on the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is Richard Matthews, and I am live on the line with one of my favorite guests to date. This is um, a good friend of mine. We've been friends for, I don't know, going on 12 or 13 years now. Um, business partners in a lot of different areas um, and work on a bunch of cool different things together over the years. We've even traveled together. We've had kids sort of staggered together over the our life. Um, I'm introduce you to uh, Zach Hammer. Zach, you there? I am here. How's it going, Richard? It is going good. So for those of you who don't know, Zach Hammer is the founder and CEO of Real Estate Growth Hackers. And Real Estate Growth Hackers is a company that works with real estate agents to help them do modern marketing really, really well. Like if you are in the real estate market and you want to learn how to uh, how to knock the socks off of your market, right? And, and do some really high level marketing and bring in leads. Zach is your guy. And the Real Estate Growth Hackers Inner Circle, I've watched him build that from the ground up and seen some of the training on the back in. Really good stuff. So Zach, to start the interview off, why don't you tell me what it is that you are known for? What do people come to you for? What do you help people do? Yeah. So I'd say there's 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 probably a, a couple of different facets to that. Uh, on, on the surface level, a lot of what you just described, you know, I, 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 I do describe myself as, uh, as specializing in real estate marketing. So, uh, so a lot of people uh, know me for that, come to me for help on that. Um, you know, uh, do that in a whole variety of ways with uh, a lot of courses, some, some services, some, uh, some like agency type work, but, uh, but yeah, so helping folks with that. But I, I'd say on a, on a more, uh, kind of general basis, uh, I, I tend to be known as a person who just is uh, fairly giving of help, uh, and is, is always, uh, you know, when I'm able to, uh, you know, willing to share what I know, share what I, what I can help. And, uh, and honestly, that's that's a lot of you know where I've ended up, where I am today. A lot of the opportunities that I found uh, have come as a result of me just proactively helping. Yeah, and there's a lot of truth to that for anyone who's worked with Zach before. Um, he's one of those guys that will uh, will give until it hurts, <laughs> um, and it's it's actually it's worked out really well for him and his business. Um, and if you've ever if you're in his network, he's known for that. 
And uh, it's, a, it's a really cool, cool thing to have sort of watched you and your business grow over the years because of, of that ability. And I know it's something that I learned a lot from you and it's helped grow my business um, in, that, uh, in that vein. Um, so my, my first real question for you, though, is, uh, is your origin story, right? So we talk on this show all the time, how every hero has their origin stories, where you started to realize that you were different, that maybe you had superpowers, and maybe you could use them to help other people. So how did you get started in your entrepreneurial career? Yeah, so I'd say, I mean, shoot, it depends on depends on how far, far back we want to go. But uh, well, I go back know, there, when I was like 13. So you know, you can go back as far as you want. <laughs> <laughs> So I'd I'd say when I when I you know when when I first started when I first started sort of figuring out that you know uh, who I was and and some of the aspects about me that might have made me a bit unique, um, a lot of that started happening in in junior high and high school. Uh, I uh, even then was was very often uh, a person that other people would come to for help. Uh, I, I had a lot of friends that, that would seek my advice, would seek my guidance on things. Uh, and at the time that was largely, you know, uh, relationships and spiritual and emotional kind of help. It was, it, you know, not, not so much the, uh, uh, you know, marketing and tactical stuff that I, that I help people a lot with today. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I had, I had a lot of, a lot of those experiences. I had, I had, um, you know, one friend in particular that that we would very often just go on long drives because they were going through a hard time in their life uh, throughout high school and and we would just talk and I would just be there for them um, and it was during that time I was really involved with uh, with our with our church's youth group and and that was a big passion of mine uh, and so that that actually led to me feeling called into the ministry uh, and that's that's you know what what brought me out to where you and I met. Uh, where we went to uh, we went to college together in uh, in in Missouri at a Central Christian College of the Bible, um, and and yeah, I went I went there in the uh, in the goal of pursuing a um, you know a career in the ministry, right? I wanted to be a I wanted to be a pastor, uh, and while while I was there, I kind of further uh, went through this uh, this journey of discovery of 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 what I really thought it meant to, uh, to be a leader in the church, what that looked like, what, what are, what are models that made most sense to me? Uh, and I kind of moved through different, through different concepts. And, uh, one of the models that, that I was, uh, uh passionate about for a long time was, uh, was the idea of the, the, the house church that instead of having a big organization, uh, with, with a, you know, big building that needs support and lots of staff and kind of this, this thing that, uh, that the church in the, in the U S has kind of become, uh, today, uh, that instead you 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 use kind of a simpler model where it's smaller groups meeting together uh, in homes. There's less uh, organization, less structure, uh, less cost to it, and it's you know there's there's more relationship. But uh, and and we had you know it, shoot while I was in college we uh, we we set up and and successfully ran a a, a, a decent sized house church in the in the area around the college there. But as I dove deeper into it, I started realizing that some of the problems that I was looking to solve with that with that model uh, wasn't exactly solved with the with the house church concept. That that you still had this 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 sense of obligation rather than uh, rather than this this uplifting of relationships. That that you still ended up doing the same thing, where it was kind of this rote participation instead of uh, you know real true uh, relationships and and around that same time uh, you know you and I both I think you were actually the one who uh, uh, who introduced me to the uh, to the book but uh, uh, you know we around the same time we had read a book called uh, so you don't want to uh, so you don't want to go to church anymore 
And and that book kind of at that point it sort of unlocked for me. It's like okay, like there's there's a there's a reality of of ministry of spirituality of being a Christian that isn't tied to doing what we this call thing church we, nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, the the thing that we call church. Now church is definitely still a it's still a thing, but you know, going back to more of a uh, you know, the biblical concept of it. It's more about that group of people, uh, the ecclesia, the, the the group of people who are Christians, who are living out their lives, following Christ, coming together in fellowship, working together, uh, you know, toward uh, spiritual goals. And it's a whole lot less about this organization that uh, that has buildings and pastors and, and, and that kind of thing. And it's a lot more about kind of this living group of people. Um, anyway, before that, so while we were still in the vein of doing the house church stuff, I had realized that if I was going to lead house churches, that uh, that I would need a source of income because, uh, you know, by nature, the house church sort of sort of structure uh, doesn't lend toward you having a paid job as the pastor, right? Like it, it's a small group of people less able to financially support somebody. So generally, you would have to support yourself financially. Uh, and so around that time, that's that's actually where we got involved in business together. Uh, I came on under your downline. Uh, when we were working with the team, uh, it's a MLM organization for anybody who's not uh, familiar with it, and and we had some great experiences in that. One one of the things though that that came of that was that um, that our upline had talked to us about uh, a concept that he had heard about called uh, called attraction marketing, and it, it was basically uh, implementing internet marketing tactics in order to build your downline. So using internet marketing to you know grow an MLM business. Uh, and that sort of started us down this vein of of looking at at marketing, diving into marketing. So this was all kind of going on at the same time as doing the house church stuff. And and what what I ended up discovering, and I, and I, this is a big part of um, you know, I, I think think for you too, that like that that started pushing you into this specific uh, aspect of where we've where we've gone. Uh, but what I ended up discovering is that I had a really big passion for for the marketing, like I, I just I, I loved the the concepts. It kind of jived with who I was and and what I was up to. And so when when the piece was removed from the puzzle of me feeling like in order for me to like live a fulfilled life, I had to be a pastor. When that when that piece was removed, when I didn't feel that obligation anymore, uh, it was like it 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 unlocked my ability to say, well, this other thing that I have become passionate about, like maybe maybe that's part of what I can. Could pursue to move forward, and so uh, so that's what ended up happening uh, during that time. Uh, you know, you and I both, Richard, we we were working on some businesses together, uh, sometimes not, sometimes together. That's kind of the story of of our relationship for the past uh, decade or so. Um, but uh, but yeah, and we built up a, a you know a decently successful kind of local agency helping small small uh, small local businesses. Um, we ended up running into some trouble with that in the in in the time frame of uh, you know we we moved uh, my father passed away uh, and a whole lot of things went went on in our life that kind of pushed us out of that world and then into this world of both you and I were seeking uh, jobs where we get you know at the time we were largely having to bootstrap ourselves right so so all of the the marketing concepts that we were learning we had we had relied on like free methods that took a lot of sweat equity. Um, and we'd never really gotten to play with with paid ads and paid media. Uh, so we decided that we kind of wanted to learn on somebody else's dime. Uh, and that's why we took the jobs. We took the jobs to say, hey, like, I want to apply these concepts. I want somebody else to pay for the ad budget. And that way we can learn uh, some more of these concepts. 
Uh, and, and yeah, from the time that we made the decision to the time that we had a job, it remind me, you, you always remember this. So mine, mine was, uh, was four weeks. Yours was six, right? So it was December 28th. Right. We shut the doors in our business by February 4th. I had, uh, I had a C-level director of marketing position. And by the end of February, you had a director of marketing position for a real estate firm. Exactly. And, and so that's, you know, during, during that time, I knew nothing about real estate. Uh, all I knew was, was marketing, internet marketing, direct response marketing, that kind of stuff. Um, but while I was there, I, I learned real estate. And so, um, you know, I applied the marketing concepts that I had learned and had become passionate about. And, and while I was there, uh, we doubled in business every year that I was there. I, I averaged the, uh, uh, you know, five X their lead flow on average, uh, and cut their cost per lead in half. Um, but the reality is I am not a, uh, a wonderful employee. <laughs> I am uh, much more an entrepreneur at heart. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, inevitably, it ended up that I needed to, you know, part ways. Uh, we, we left on good terms. I didn't, you know, I didn't leave them high and dry or whatnot. We, we, you know, I left amicably and everything. It wasn't uh, like an ousting. Um, but uh, you know, I felt compelled to to go up back out on my own, and that's that's where real estate growth hackers came from. So for the past uh, six years or so, seven years, I guess at this point, maybe. Um, uh, essentially, that journey has been uh, at the beginning. I was saying yes to everyone, uh, whatever anybody, you know, any anything in the real estate world that somebody wanted help with, I said yes to, and we, and we did it. Uh, and, and we did some really cool things over over that period of time. But I sort of started feeling like uh, uh, where I was able to add the most value, what made me come most alive, uh, was when I got the opportunity to. Uh, try new ideas, see what worked, and then kind of share that back out to my community. And that's that's really where uh, what Real Estate Growth Hackers uh, most is today, where we we have a lot of courses and trainings, and and I essentially teach people how to uh, you know leverage awesome cutting edge marketing in the real estate business. Uh, it, it that's that's the process of of where we got to to where we are today. Yeah, um, and it's a it's a really fun story, and like I have I have the uh, added benefit as your interviewer today of knowing your story really really intimately because we sort of went <laughs> through a lot of that stuff together. So I want to I want to dive into a couple of things that I don't usually get to dive into on these um, these episodes because I think it's really fascinating, um, particularly the discussion about understanding where you fit with spiritually and how business right. fits into that. Right. Because um, it's not it's, it, it comes up every once in a while. You know, it's it, if, if you've listened to a lot of my shows, it's probably pretty obvious that I am a believer in Christ, that I'm a Christian and that Zach is as well. Right. Um, right. But a lot of times our discussion focuses on the entrepreneurial aspect. And one of the things that I find fascinating is how we as um, as entrepreneurs, how do we tie sort of that kind of like the mentality that like, hey, I have I have a calling to what I'm doing, right? A calling to, to be, you know, to, to follow the, the word of God and those kind of things. And how does that sort of fit in with Christianity? How does that fit in with like actually running a business? Um, and cause you and I both sort of went through the same thing. Like I went to college to Bible college. I particularly went to Bible college for a couple of reasons. One, I was, um, I thought it was sticking it to the man by going to a, a Christian college instead of like some, <laughs> some other, other thing. But I, I had specific skills I wanted to learn. And like, I wanted to learn how to read the Bible in Greek and Hebrew. And I thought that because of what I had learned from that, I wanted to go and be a pastor, right? Same kind of thing as you did. And when I actually started right. actually like reading and understanding scriptures, you're like, oh, <laughs> like this, this isn't the, like the, the picture doesn't fit, right? The, the picture that you've been shown in of, you know, what we call church versus like what's actually shown in scripture. And um, like, and I know we've had, we've had this discussion before. It's like, it seemed like everyone in 
Christianity is waiting for God to paint them a picture of like, hey, here's your calling. Go and do, go forth and do this, right? Yeah, um, right, right. The Hero Show will be right back. Hey there, fellow podcaster. Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame, and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro-celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. And now back to the hero show. Um, and you and I sort of came down in this idea that like, hey, what the, the, the thing that you should be doing is the thing that makes you come alive, right? It's that spark of divinity in you that makes you come alive. So I'm curious, what are your sort of thoughts on that, on, on like sort of how that fits together and how actually for you, building a business actually fulfills the calling you have to, for following Christ? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, it, it's, a, it's a fantastic question. I think, I think the reality is um, everybody wants there to be like a set path in terms of like, like you said, you know, you want it, you, they want it painted out for you. They want it to be a, a very clear, you know, paint by number sort of thing where there's a right answer for it and there's a right way to do it. And, and, and I think, I think it's a little bit more vague than that. Right. Like, I don't know, I don't know if I had to live a life where I ended up uh, specializing in marketing for real estate. Right. But the, the journey that I went on kind of, kind of ended up having me there, but I've always, I've always been able to stay true to some of the key aspects that do really make me come alive right? Which is, I, I love helping people. I love helping people get what they want to out of life. And the reality is, is that, you know, money and success in business, they're not the most important things in the world. Um, but like, having the money to do what you want to ranks up there with oxygen, right? If you don't have it, uh, you're not really able to do the things that 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 you want to. Uh, and sure, like you go through, you go through, you know, phases in your life or whatnot, uh, you know, been there lots of times of, uh, of, of not having enough and you could still have a good life. It's not like that's, you know, necessary for, uh, 100%, but like to, to enact changes in the world, to, to experience all that this world has to offer, uh, as well as to, to even be able to proactively help others. Um, there's, there's a decent component where if you have more means and you are a good person, uh, that enables you more. So me kind of coming behind, not only, uh, uh, you know, in my own business and trying to create a successful business myself, but also in the vein of coming behind other people and trying to help them create the businesses that they want. Uh, that, that's, that's been a key aspect of it for me is that it's still, if, if, if a big aspect, you know, if, if a big portion of who I've been kind of, you know, from those days in junior high all the way up till now, uh, like there's, 
that 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 outward giving, that helpfulness is is has always been a big part of of what that looks like. What's changed is as I have mastered more skills, the ways that I'm able to help people have changed, and where I might be most valuable in helping people has changed. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know if that exactly answers your question, but it yeah. it, it, it so it always goes back to that same to that same point of of you know I I come alive when I help other people live their best life, and and that's that that's been a big part of it. How I'm able to do that has changed. Yeah, so it's it's an interesting discussion because right like in in the Christian space you have a lot of people that are like they're they're like I I'm waiting to hear my calling right without realizing that you probably already know what it is. Right. If you probably have something that makes you come alive, go do that. Right. Go do that thing. But like just in in the sphere of entrepreneurship. Right. One of the things like if you go into Corinthians, it talks about, uh, um, you know, the uh, you know, we all have our specific gifts or skills. Right. You know, some people are teachers, some people are preachers, some people are whatever. And it goes through the the uh, gifts of the spirit, so to speak. But if you extend that out to like the things that like people have skills in, you have, you have people right. like yourself and myself and people who are listening to this show um, and other guests we have on this show who have a particular tolerance for risk that is not right. common, right? And right. So, so much so that I, I would consider that almost a gift, right? And right. you have one of the things that always bothered me as a child in church was watching all the people take their $5 and put it in the little basket going around the thing. And I was like, I see, and I saw even as a young kid, I was like, there's two types of people in the world when it comes to church and giving. There's the people who put their money in the basket going around, and there's the people who put their names on the building at the top, right? Right. Um, Right. And and I was like, I want to be the kind of person who can put his name on a building, right? When I was a kid, I thought, you know, building a big church building was the thing, right? As I've grown up and sort of grown (laughs) in my relationship, like, I understand that what that means now is like, there are the type of people that like, when you build a big successful business, and you're doing things like, hey, you know, our our supplement brand, for instance, gives a percentage of every sale to um, vitamin angels, right? Right. To the tune of, you know, at some point, I plan on that becoming thousands upon thousands of dollars, right, that you can give to things. And like, you look at, at, at entrepreneurs right. all over the place, and the things that they can do on a large scale. Um, and I, right. there's, there's something to the idea that entrepreneurs have a gift for risk tolerance that allows them to do big things. Um, right. And so anyways, my, my whole point with that is that Sometimes building a business can certainly be a calling from God. <laughs> Absolutely, because I mean, like, like the reality is, you know, you, you mentioned, and and I think it's I think it's fair, and uh, um, I don't know, I don't I don't even think it's a uh, you know a lack of being humble or whatnot. I really do. There are times where I do. I give until it hurts. I I I go out of my way to help somebody else more than I go out of the way to help myself, uh, and. And and like th- that's an aspect of my personality um, that that has created uh, some successful aspects in my business, right? Like like I've I've had that, but it's it's not like it's not like I have to actively I, I have to actively work at it. I have to actively say like uh, I, I don't know that 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 I'm comfortable giving up time that I might normally watch Netflix uh, because I've got this person that needs this help and I'm willing to give them that time, right? Like that's 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 an aspect so it's similar to risk tolerance where it's just it it naturally you know it, it it naturally creates that resolve uh you know similarly yeah that 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 risk tolerance aspect i'm i am like shoot 
like my wife, my wife wouldn't necessarily be happy of you know my level for risk tolerance, but um, but shoot, like half of a, a good portion of the money that we got for our wedding went into buying like like books and materials to learn how to have a better business while we were doing MLM stuff. Um, half the time that I get money for something, it goes back into like, I'm going to, I'm going to invest in like making this business better and in either bettering my skills or bettering my opportunities because yeah, I have, I have goals and dreams and things that I'm moving toward. Uh, a lot of that is in, in impacting other people. You know, I, I have a, a very strong belief that if I make other people's lives better, my life will naturally get better in the process. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I put a lot of risk, uh, you know, financially, uh, you know, time risk into things that I think a, a lot of people would say, you know, hey, like you'd be better off if you just took a job and uh, uh, and watch Netflix. I was like, yeah, probably, but I don't know. That's not what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so and, it's, and that's not to say that someone who's not running a business doesn't have their own college doing those things. Like it's it's just that absolutely for for some people, namely our listeners and our guests. Right. <laughs> entrepreneurship doesn't have to be in contention with your beliefs, right? It doesn't have to be in Absolutely. contention with, um, and that's actually, it's one of the reasons why I built this show initially, right? And it's something that is very common in the entrepreneur world that because culturally entrepreneurs are looked at as villains, right? Right. Um, it's like, you could probably pull up any kid's show that you watch and like whatever the, the common theme and like the problem they're looking at is like, Hey, some entrepreneur is dumping oil and killing all the ducks. Right. And right and entrepreneurs are, are regularly villainized. Um, and so the natural outcropping of that is people who become entrepreneurs a lot of times struggle with the idea that I'm working to create a profit. I'm working to create something in my business. I'm working to create things um, and have negative feelings associated with that. Um, and it's, it's more pronounced when you have someone who is religious, who is a Christian saying like, hey, I, like, I know I want to build this thing, but like every time, like I, I struggle sales with to sales. I struggle with creating a profit. I struggle with doing some of the required aspects of my business because they have this cultural disconnect um, right. with, I feel like I'm being evil if I'm an entrepreneur. Um, and I've always hated right. that, which is why we created this show. Um, so anyways, I think that's, that sort of gives a really good picture of sort of like the behind the scenes thinking behind where, where the hero show comes from. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like in, in that, in that vein, uh, one of the examples that's recently come up, you know, right now, uh, during during this interview, we're still in the midst of this uh, uh, this weird coronavirus stuff that's going on in the world. That's the, that's the time frame that we're in. And there, there are a lot of businesses that are struggling, right? Like there's there's a, you know, a lot of the shutdowns have forced uh, certain types of businesses to struggle. Other other types are, are thriving because um, you know they're they're well positioned for this, but but the reality is that there there is a lot of um, there's a lot of hurting people right now uh, in, in just because of how we've decided to handle this. Uh, and you know I, I like I've I've been doing a lot of thinking about how how some of those businesses could adapt and and what you could do. And the reality is like I've, I've got a lot of ideas for a lot of different things, but I can't help everybody. But one of the easiest ways to make it so that so that it makes sense for me to put my time into it is is if there's enough of a financial incentive to say that this you know this is a better use of my time than putting my my time elsewhere where I can help the people I'm used to helping and make more money and whatever right like if if I'm able to make enough money off of it 
then it makes sense for me to go and help those people. So what's interesting is that, that that starts to mean that the places where you can profitably like solve problems, you, you end up solving those problems, right? Like that's, those are the, 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 the high profit, high potential problems get solved, uh, because there's that, that systematic, uh, uh, what, what's the sustainable level of effort, right? It's worth, it's worth somebody going and solving it. It's like, no matter how good somebody's heart is, it is very hard for somebody to literally all the time give without getting anything in return because that doesn't work, right? Like we, we need some sustainable. Yeah. It, it's, it's not a sustainable system. It doesn't feed itself. It doesn't, it doesn't stay alive. Uh, and so even without, like, you know, I've, I've mentioned this, shoot, I've had, I've had conversations with my wife. It's like, I would, I would love to take the time and go and, and, and help these people. But like, sometimes I'm at a state in my business or in my finances where it's like, I, I need to, I need to put the mask on myself before I try and put the mask on the other hurting people. Right. Like I have to, I have to make sense, make sure that the thing that I have going on will stay alive, um, before I can go out and have extra to give. Right. Um, Anyway, so I don't know, it's kind of a convoluted way of, of, of coming around to it. But yeah, I, I really, I fully believe that if you do business right, you make money and you help people. Like both happen. They aren't counter opposed. You don't, you don't have a successful business that isn't helping people like that, that those don't last. That doesn't stick around. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about a, uh, um, a capitalist society where where right. it's a voluntary exchange of goods and services. Everyone has to win or it doesn't work. Um, and right. and that's it's such an important point. Um, and it's interesting to me that if you look at, particularly in the U.S., our founding fathers were all following a Christian doctrine to build the capitalist society that we have. So it stands to reason then <laughs> that it it makes it makes a lot of sense that building a business and being an entrepreneur falls in line well with your Christian beliefs. So. Absolutely. And, and, and again, I mean, going back to, you had, you had said it earlier, I don't think everybody is, is like, I, I don't think in order to, to be a good person, you have to be an entrepreneur. Um, no. I, I, there's, there's, there, there's all the gifts, some, right. <laughs> some of them. And, and, and it's not even necessarily that, that like, like being an entrepreneur is somehow like better or whatnot, right? Because having, having a high risk tolerance means that sometimes you get your, your ass handed to you. Uh, and, and that, you know, it being willing to take does. on the risk means that sometimes you have to experience the consequences of those risks. Um, so it's it, like, it, yeah. For, for a lot of people, you know, you might be happier if you, if you don't take on those risks. So uh, one of my, yeah, anyway. uh, one of my favorite, like naive moments in my life, I say moment, it was a long time um, from childhood all the way through to maybe three or four years ago. I used to think that anyone could be an entrepreneur. Right. right. And, and it was um, if, if you remember the uh, Ratatouille movie, right. It was Ratatouille right. that changed my mind. Right. And it was the whole <laughs> idea that anyone could be a chef. Um, and what, I can't remember the guy's name, um, Gaston or whatever. No, Gaston's from Beauty and the right. Beast. But anyways, the, uh, the main chef in that. Either. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not that, that anyone could be a chef, but that a great chef can come from anywhere. And I feel like entrepreneurship right. is the same way. Right. It's not that anyone can be an entrepreneur because not anyone can. Right. There's you have certain right. risk tolerances and skill sets that go into being an entrepreneur, but a great entrepreneur can come from anywhere. Um, right. So I think that's a good, good way to sort of think about that idea. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
well, no. <laughs> so my next question for you has to do with your superpowers. And what's fun is um, if you've been listening to the show at all lately, and you, um, one of the things that I've been saying a lot is that I've been reframing this question. And Zach is actually the reason that I reframed this question on our show. So this hopefully will be a, a more interesting segment than normal. But um, it's basically your superpower is what you do build or offer this world that helps solve problems for people. And if you look at your set of skills that you've developed over your life, you probably have one skill, one zone of genius, so to speak, that really energizes the rest of what you do and the rest of the skills you have. Um, and you probably remember it was a good four-hour discussion in a coffee shop that sort of, you know, <laughs> um, made made us sort of come to that conclusion and change this aspect of the show. But for you, what is that superpower? Yeah, and honestly, you are you are a big part of the reason for why I think about this the way I do, in light of what what I think my superpower is. We had so much fun recording this episode. We had to break it into two parts. Check back next week for part two of this exciting conversation.